Zephaniah 3, 1. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They know not, gnaw not the bones till the morrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not, he will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not. But the unjust that live in the city, that's the inference, but the unjust knoweth no shame. I have cut off the nations, their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste, that none passeth by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, that there is none inhabitant. I said, surely thou wilt fear me. Thou wilt receive instruction, so their dwellings should not be cut off. However, I punished them, but they rose early and corrupted all their doings. I'm going to preach on these seven verses tonight and try to bring a message entitled, Four Steps to Destruction. Four steps to destruction, that would be found in verse 2. Zephaniah was a contemporary, means he served at the same time that Jeremiah did. I would encourage you, if you ever study a book like Zephaniah or read through it, you need to also read Jeremiah and you also need to read 2 Chronicles chapter 35 and 36. Those are the times that this is set forth. He was, Zephaniah was a prophet at the same time of Jeremiah. And uh, when you get to the place where they were under that covenant with God, that the people of God there, all of God's messages to them were warning messages. That he just want you read through this, he gives a little snippet of what Christ would do when he come prophetically. But for the most part, the message that was for them in that day was a warning message. Jeremiah's whole book, he just warned them over and over and over. Jeremiah would preach and God would tell him, pray not for this people. But are you in a bad state when God says, you don't pray. You, you, you've passed. You went too far. You just don't pray for them. Now, I know you probably don't think there ever comes a time with God and the God of our imagination that he would say, ain't no use praying for him. But I'm telling you, God told Jeremiah, you're going to go preach to him. They ain't going to hear you. They've gone too far. I'm going to destroy them. There's no use you praying for them, but you go preach to them. Zephaniah was a, was a counterpart to Jeremiah. Zephaniah preached during that time. And he wrote this book now, and God preserved it for you and I. So what we're dealing with in the state of their being as a nation is God is warning them, warning them, warning them, warning. He's just, just it's the final warnings, and subsequently the judgment came, which was Babylonian captivity. That was what they were warned about. The preachers when Jeremiah's day were saying, no, no, God ain't going to do that. This is the place of God's temple, blah, blah, blah. He ain't going to do that. And they were preaching against what Jeremiah said. And that's the way it is today. I preach warning messages a lot. Most people don't believe them. And most preachers, you know, they might not just do, they might not slap me like they slapped Jeremiah, but they're not going to preach that message. They don't think in their mind that there ever comes a time with God when he says, I'm through with you. And it's just a difference of the way you believe the scriptures. Lord, I know, or they're not called one. They don't have the Holy Spirit. God warns and warns. God never judges without warning. That's what a prophet does. He warns the people of the judgment to come. Amen. He said in Ezekiel, he said, when I set a watchman on the wall and you see that sword coming, 
Now this is the judgment of God. It's not just battle watchmen, not just guard duty, but you see that sword coming? He said, you better warn them because if you don't warn them, that sword comes on them, I'm going to hold their blood at your hands. Paul said in Colossians, we teach and warn every man. And he said in Acts chapter 20, I'm free, I'm pure from the blood of all men. Their blood's not going to be held in my account. Because I told them, I warned them, I preached to them. So it's warning messages. We're living in a day and time in society at the end of, at the time of our dispensation when I preach a lot of warning messages and I preach them on purpose. And I do it just like these prophets did because, because of what I see coming. What I see is already here, what's already happened, and what is coming as a result of people and the days that we live in. So you read Zephaniah in conjunction with Jeremiah and especially 2 Chronicles. I want you to hold your place here because we're coming back. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 36. 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Zephaniah prophesied during the reign of Josiah and these other, the children of Josiah. But we're going to just go down to chapter 36 of 2 Chronicles. This, is, this tells the same history that Jeremiah tells at the end of his book. This is just recorded in the Chronicles of the Kings. Verse 11. Now, the first and second Kings deals with Saul and deals with David and, and Solomon. Then you get into first and second Chronicles. First Chronicles deals with David up to a point, and then it goes into David's children and the, the the division of the kingdoms and Second Chronicles deals first and Second Chronicles deals with the kings through the northern ten tribes and the southern tribe, but the northern ten tribes have already been carried away. They're no longer they're no longer a people. God's people in the northern ten tribes have been gone. Assyria carried them away, and so Judah and Benjamin's fixing to be carried away. And here's what the Bible says in chapter 36 and verse 11. Zedekiah was one and 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and all the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers rising up betimes, which means very often, rising up betimes, and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age, he gave them all into his hand, to the king of the Chaldeans, the Babylonian. So reading that, you find out that he is, a, he is a, Zephaniah is a contemporary with Jeremiah, and he's preaching to the same group of people. You go back to Zephaniah, if you go back over there in these three chapters that comprise this book, uh, you read that God says in chapter one, and I'm, I'm not going to go through the history of this, but in chapter one, the Lord says, I'm fixing to consume everything in the land, all of it, not only, not only uh, Moab and Edom and, and God, Philistines and and Tyrus, and I'm, I'm, God said, I'm fixing to wipe it like a plate. And Israel is right in the middle of that. And that's what he's dealing with in chapter 1. And so the Lord's warning, he, he, we read over there in Second Chronicles, he said, I warned you, I sent them often, I told you over and over and over again what's going to happen. 
if you don't repent, if you don't turn to the Lord, if you don't heed His words. I, I say this to, to people tonight here that we live in a day of, of falling away. And people are going to fall away in my ministry who I've warned hundreds of times about falling away. You do not fall away with your eyes wide open. You do not say, you know, I think, I think I'm going to fall away. And I start the process of falling away. Not, that's not what you do. No more than they said, you know, I think Nebuchadnezzar is going to come down here and kill everybody. And therefore, you know, uh, I'm just going to wait till that happens. No, you are deceived. You are deluded. You are insensitive. You don't believe it. You don't believe that you're in the process. Yea, that process may be already started. It may be being, it's going to be carried out to its fruition and there's no remedy. They sinned till there was no remedy. They just, they went past God's deadline. God is long suffering to a point and God is merciful to a point, but you're not going to, you're not going to presume upon God's mercy and you're not just going to keep saying, yeah, I hear you and go on the way you're doing. All he has to do is spiritually just click you off, just turn you off, and you're, that's it, you're still happy, you're still eating, you're still working, you're still raising families, but you're gone, and I, 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 I see this tendency, I see this tendency when we come together in the solemn assembly, that it just doesn't mean anything, it's not spiritual food, I, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do it, I know I'm supposed to get something out of it, but if I don't get anything out of it, that's okay, and if I don't come for, you know, six, seven, eight, ten times, and I, and when I'm here, I'm not connected, and I'm the pastor. So you better listen to what I'm telling you. I'm not connected to what's being done and what the reason for why we're here, and it has no residue in me. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything in me for me being here. It doesn't change my lifestyle. It doesn't change my home. It doesn't change my walk in the world. It doesn't change my walk with God. But I'm going to be okay anyway. That's why you got Zephaniah. That's why you got Jeremiah. Jeremiah had no converts. God told him straight up, they ain't going to hear you. He said, he said, don't you look at their faces and be afraid of them. I, you're the man I raised up and called to be a prophet to the nation, especially my people. You look them straight in the face and you tell them what I tell you. You look, you let them scare you. I'm going to confound you before them. You're not going to be able to stand before them. And so Jeremiah just, you know, he wept. He prayed. He saw what was coming. He had the message from God. He said, you're going to be, and he lived to see this come to pass. They were so far gone. After Nebuchadnezzar came and got them, God left a, a remnant, the remnant. The proverbial remnant. God left his remnant there. And so they, Jeremiah saw it all come to pass and wrote the book of Lamentations. Lamentations is the most woeful, any compilation of scripture put together in all the Bible, it all culminates in Lamentations. That is the absolute most woeful book of scripture that there is. And he writes this, and they carry this outfit away to captivity. The warning, he warned them and preached and warned them and preached and warned them. And so God leaves the remnant, leaves Jeremiah there as a prophet to the remnant. And they said, all right, you go inquire to God what we're supposed to do. And God said, tell them to stay right where they're at. I've left them here on purpose. Oh, no. We ain't staying here. We're going to Egypt. We're hauling you down there with us. This is where you get, brethren. This is where you go. It doesn't matter what catastrophic event happens in your life you still have no heart or ear to hear the Lord. You're, 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 people get, they get, uh, they get habitual in not allowing the Word of God to have effect in their lives. They just hear it. But it doesn't produce anything. It produces no change. And so, you read through the book of Second Chronicles, you'll find Josiah had some reform. But God killed Josiah. And that, you know, that for years, that kind of, why, why? No, the Bible says there was never a king that turned to the Lord with all of his heart like Josiah. He goes out there and gets killed. 
And I, I'm reading it. Why did this happen? And the reason why that happened, God says in another book, He says, because they turned, the people turned unto me vainly and not with their heart. Josiah said, you're going to put away these abominations. We're going to clean this temple up. You're going to stop this sodomy. And they did it, but their heart was not in it. In other words, they heard him and said, amen, but it didn't produce a change in their heart. And so God let Jer Josiah get killed. Best king they, they could have ever had. Let him get killed. They weren't deserving of Josiah. And let this knucklehead Zedekiah come up in his stead who's evil. He says, okay, you want evil? Then you're going to get an evil king. And I'll take away your good king. And that's, that's the history there of, uh, with Josiah. And so you get over here, and it's just they went too far. They went too far. They went, they went so far, and they were so dead. They're like the church. Is it Sardis? Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. And you, you, you know what you're supposed to be because I've left the, I've left the record there, but it's not having an effect in you. That's what, that's what was going on up until this time. Now this, this prophecy here is, it's over. You know, I've told people, and I don't take this lightly, and I'm not God, and I don't know his deadline, but I have told people in my ministry, looks like it's over to me for you. That don't mean they're going to die. I mean, they might just live right on, but it's just, it's over. It's just over. And I, I say this pleadingly. I say it like Jeremiah. I'm telling you, if you don't let God's word affect you, you will not make it through to you whatever your end is. It needs to work in you. It needs to, you need to tremble at the word of the Lord. I believe that I sense the drifting away and of the congregation here, the, the, the easing off to the, to the place. It won't be, I don't think we're going to have a nation drop bombs on us, but you know, I'm not talking about that, but just, out you go. You just, I, folks, I'm old. I'm getting older. I've been around a long time. I've given God my heart in ministry. I've, I've dealt with people to minister to the good and the bad and everything in between. And I know when people begin to drift away, I see it. I sense it. I have oversight capability given to me of God. A watchman that sits on a wall to watch for your souls. That's Hebrews 13. They watch for your souls that they that must give an account. And I warn people to tell them, I, Lord, I told them. I did everything but call their name individually. The name calling comes. There's a time when the, that name, we have to call the name. But God calls your name. And God takes the spirit of God and the word of God. He applies it to your heart. And you're supposed to respond to God, not to a preacher that calls you by name. Amen. And so I, I just sense this. I, we're living in that day. The world it encroaches upon us. And, and though we come, as the people come to the, to the house of God and the church of the living God, we, we, get, we get lured away or we, just, we get desensitized. Or we, the word has none effect anymore in our lives. It doesn't produce anything. It doesn't make us sad and sorrowful. It doesn't make us happy and glad. We go through our what we do. We, we have our meeting. We have our camp meeting. We have our special meeting. We go through and we just, there's just, we just keep going. Now what we're supposed to be doing is going up. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. We're supposed to be apprehending more. God knows nothing about treading water. God knows nothing about plateauing. God knows nothing about you just being where you are. God is, the spirit of the Lord affects a, a continual change in your life continually. Anything other than that is deadness. You're dead. You're dead to the spirit of God and you're dead to the word of God. Amen. I'm warning people. I'm telling you. This is the spirit of the times that we live in. 
You, you're, not, you're not serving God in 1950 when you can knock on doors and people would respond. You could stand on a street corner and preach and they would respect you. Or when you walk down the street and here comes a preacher, they would, they would give, you know, they would give a solemn, the fear of God was there. We don't live there. We live in a day of ridicule. We live in this day. We live in the day, and that's why I'm preaching out of this book tonight. So when you find yourself in the Bible, you don't just read the Bible to be reading it. You read the Bible to make application to me as where I'm at now. Am I lukewarm? Read those scriptures. Am I, am I, do, am I malicious? Do I have envy? Or am I jealous? Is there, is there coldness? Whatever. I go find them scriptures and read them. I don't just read the Bible. I read the Bible to make it apply to me. Okay? So, so, he warned them, and he warned them, and he warned them. Now, let's go to our text first, because I want to deal with these seven verses here tonight. Make application to you and I and the times that we live in. Beginning in verse 1 again, he says, Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city. Now, brethren, listen to me tonight. The nations that were around about them, and Zephaniah starts out with those nations. Jeremiah deals with those nations. Judgment on the nations, okay? And the chronicles, the prophets deal with the judgment of the nations. You go to the other, you go to some of the other prophets, they deal with the judgment of the nations. But what he says here in chapter 3 and verse 1, woe to the herd that is filthy and polluted. He's talking about Jerusalem and, and Israel, Judah and Benjamin. Now, the nations in chapter 1 that he, that he deals with, the, well, let's just, let's just read some of this. Listen to what he says in chapter 1. In verse 2, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. And he did. I will consume man and beast, the fowls of the heaven, fishes of the seas, and the stumbling blocks with the wicked, and I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. Now this is, this is Israel, this is the, the promised land. I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah, and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, I will cut off all the remnant of Baal from this place, and the name of the Chimarims with the priest. And upon them that worship the host of heaven, upon the housetops, them that worship and that swear by the Lord, and that swear by Malcolm. And them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired for him. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand, for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice, he had bid his gifts. Now listen to me. A sacrifice to them is temple worship. But they, they were abusing the temple. They got Malcolm, whoever that hand is, God, and they got the Lord. They got both of them. Okay? And so he says, now God rejects y'all sacrifice down there, so God's going to prepare him on his own sacrifice. This is God's sacrifice. This is like I said in conjunction with the message this morning in Sunday school where God's got another minister. And I've had to tell people that forsake the word of God and forsake the, you know, the, the order and forsake the things that God tells and you go on and on and on and on and on. You keep forsaking it and then, and then you get in trouble. And then you get in jail or then you get over here or, or they take your kids away from me. From you. That's God's minister. You rejected God's minister in the house of God and rejected the word of God. Now he's got another minister. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 wait. We don't want that minister. Too late. You've been appointed to that. Now you're going to, you're under his ministry because you rejected the ministry of the Lord and you rejected the man of God and you rejected the word of the Lord. Now you've got another minister. Evil creditors. People make stupid decisions in their finances and they get all bent out of shape and, and don't do what they're supposed to do. And then uh, a loan institution or something or the IRS gets on them. Amen. I've known this in churches. I've dealt with people who wouldn't pay their taxes and the IRS gets after them. And that's God's minister. you got preached to. I know for a fact in one situation, I preached about your taxes. And I went to the person and talked to them about their taxes. 
And they said, I'm not doing it. And then so they get, they get the IRS on them. Well, that's God's minister. And so God prepared another sacrifice. Oh, you're going to abuse my sacrifice? You're going to abuse what I set you up and gave you? I'm going to give you another sacrifice. That's what we're talking about right here. He said, it shall come to pass. God has prepared a sacrifice. Verse 8, it shall come to pass in that day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. In the same day also will I punish all those that leap on the threshold which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that, and he just, he just goes on and he, just, he says, this is what's coming. This is my sacrifice now because you despise the sacrifice of the Lord. You go to Isaiah chapter 1, and the Lord tells him in Isaiah's time, this is way before over here, he said, I don't like your services. I don't like it the way you're coming up. Everything you're doing I've told you to do, your, your heart is not in it. And God said, I don't like it. Away with it. Do, I don't want that. You need to get right in your heart. And God began warning them in Isaiah. Do you know that Isaiah prophesied of the Babylonian captivity? Oh, yeah. He prophesied of that Babylonian captivity. And Hezekiah let that bunch come down there and spy out the, the, the wonders of God and look at the temple stuff. And Isaiah said, you fool. You're going to ever bit of that's going to be carried off. And Hezekiah said, well, as long as they don't have it in my time. What a selfish dunderhead. Listen to what the Lord is telling you and make application today. So that's it. I mean, he's just he's judging all these nations around about him. And he's calling. Now those nations were filthy, brethren. They worshiped cows and, and flies. And Baal was the god of flies. And they had this weird idea about flies and Baal and filth. And let, let me say this today. That Muslim outfit over there is still just as filthy. That's a filthy bunch over there. Amen. They just got other names. Amen. They just got other names. That is a filthy bunch of people surrounding Israel today. That bunch over there. And, and you get into whatever you want to about ethnicity and all that kind of stuff don't matter. I will talk about it all night long if you want to. They're filthy. He said, now he said, woe to the filthy city. What are you doing being filthy? Well, the world's had its effect on you. The nations around about, that's chapter one, has had its effect. Woe to the filthy and the herd that is filthy and polluted. You're dragging this stuff up in my house. Amen. And so the nations were supposed to be that way. Darkness, darkness was over all the idol worshiping gods and the, of the, of the, of the nations around about Israel. They were supposed to be a light. Amen. Solomon's temple was the greatest thing built. And from there, God resided and his law was there. And it was a law of righteousness and goodness. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Well, it's the city of God's law. The priests were supposed to teach the law for righteousness. And those that come out of those nations that were proselytes, the strangers were allowed to come worship. Amen. The law made provision for them. That that good law of God would have an effect in their lives. And it was supposed to keep them clean and righteous and have an effect and be a light. Now, they wasn't doing evangelism and missionary work. But it was supposed to have an effect. Now, the nations are full of darkness. They're full of corruption. They're full of pollution. And now Israel's full of pollution and darkness. Should not God cut them off for that? Should not God remove a candlestick from a church that brings in worldly practices, that does, that does all that I preach against, and I just preach against it, preach against it, preach against it, because the world does that? Televising things, Facebooking junk, putting singers on there that look like Americans got talent. Amen. Calling that worship. Women that dress like 
out of this outlandish strange apparel for the for anywhere, but especially the house of God. Preachers that get up there and do a, a clown act performance, calling it preaching. Shouldn't God remove a candlestick from a church like that? Yes. Yes, he should. All you got to do is lose, leave your first love and you get your candlestick jerked out. You're not, you're not a light anymore. And so it's a solemn assembly. I keep saying and warning here, and there are some that it's not having an effect on. This is not a social gathering. Go join the mooses for that. Get you a membership in a bass club or a, or a quilting outfit. Whatever you want to do. But that's not what God's house is. What binds us together here is the spirit of the Lord. And what makes us social is righteousness and holiness. You elder men, treat their, uh, your sisters in the Lord, uh, your, the younger women, as your little sister. And the, the older as your mother. We're told what makes it socially work here is not our compatibility. I don't even try that stuff. Mr. Smile all the time, preacher, that makes sure everybody knows he don't have a problem with nobody. That ain't, this, that ain't me and that ain't God, what God wants in a preacher. What makes this work is the Spirit of God. That's what makes us social. And this is a solemn assembly. Now we cook a pig or we do this or that. That's fine. God doesn't, I don't believe God has a problem with that. But there's a line that you can't cross to get people to like this thing. Have a special meeting to call in the group to sing. Other churches can do it, but we're not doing it. I'm not crossing that line. I don't need that. That, that singing right behind my head tonight, uh, out of those young ladies was a blessing to my heart. That blessed my, I got to happy. Did you see me? Did you see me? I got to where I couldn't sing. Amen. I was rejoicing in that. Amen. I don't need a bunch of guys standing up here with a suit on, holding a microphone. I'll do you what Herb Williamson did about that bunch. Did y'all see him, the way he mimicked that? He shoved that microphone down his throat. You should have seen it. I don't need all that. Amen. That's not, God ain't in that stuff. I don't care who does it. And so what I'm telling you is, Jerusalem had become filthy and polluted. That's what the nations were. That's what we got in religion today in America. We're filthy and polluted. And I'm going to preach against it. They had to, they had, it was the city of God's law of righteousness. It was the city of the great temple. It was the city of the ark of covenant that God made with Israel. Amen. And now it was ineffective. And they were, listen, when I took you to 2 Chronicles 36, they were worn betimes. That means a bunch. Often, 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 often to warn and warn and warn. This is the message. It's like an airplane crashing out of the sky. If you've ever seen one of them in a, in a deal, it's going, warning, 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 warning. Pull up, pull up, pull up, warning, pull up. And they don't heed the warning. And sometimes a jet plane gets so far, it can't, we ain't nothing but a crash. And it's screaming warning till it explodes in the ground. And I have warned and warned and warned. Generations before you were, I warned in my ministry. And they're gone. And they're not coming back. Some of them gone to the other side. I warned them. I warned them. So you, you better tell, you better listen to what God's saying. I'm telling you, brethren, you ain't no better or no different than none of them. Me, you, and everybody else that don't heed God's warning will wind up in the same place they are. That's exactly right. And so it was supposed to be Jerusalem was supposed to be a city set on a hill, a light to shine in the nations but the light was gone out. 
You just think about that good law that God gave Moses in its virgin form before they messed it up. And ain't nothing wrong with God's law. I get so sick of preachers doing despairs on God's law like God made a mistake and then he had to wreck, uh, make... Listen, if you understand why God gave a law, it was added because of transgressions. That means we got the problem. That sin might be exceeding sinful. Ain't nothing wrong with God. Amen. Never, never was it given that men could, in his depraved, fallen state, that he could achieve that kind of righteousness before God. It was never given for that. Here, how many preachers preach that foolishness? Oh, the old covenant of law was a covenant of doing. No, it wasn't. It was not. It was not. It was not. You don't do without and have a bloody sacrifice. A bloody sacrifice says you can't do it. You're not able to do it. A mercy seat with blood sprinkled is because you can't do it. I hear these foolish preachers that learn this junk in seminary preaching that under the old covenant they were told to do. Where'd you read that in this Bible at? You didn't read that in this Bible. You read that law in this virgin form and God said, you gotta, well before there ever was a law, there was a sacrifice. The preachers have abused the truth, brethren. Just like in Jeremiah's day, there was one man standing there preaching the truth. And the rest of that outfit was messed up and that's about the way it is today. You just don't, you, you, people just want, oh no, I got my preacher over here and I got this one over there and I got this one over there. I know. Okay, it's okay. Whatever, we'll go to judgment and see. But God gave that perfect law. Good law. Good word of God. It dealt with all their social needs. It would not discriminate. It would not let somebody misuse somebody else. The law was perfect. It converts the soul. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that law. And they had thrown garbage all over it. They had put it out. Amen. This is them right here. Pol filthy and polluted. Makes me think of a septic system. You just want to know? Amen. I could say a lot about that. But the light had gone out. Verse 5. Drop down to verse 5. They're filthy and polluted, but we have verse 5. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. This is the city. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. God's there. Here, right here, now, in Zephaniah day, God's there. He said, I'll meet there on the mercy seat. And he said the unjust there, and we'll get into the priest and print and all that much over here, her prophets and priests. God will do no iniquity, but that's all they're doing. And so God wiped them off. Temples destroyed, laws taken out, all the artifacts and relics of the old covenant carried off to Babylon. Why? Because what we're reading. Because the Lord is in the midst thereof. He warns you. He, he sent these prophets in there. And the preachers didn't like them. He wasn't in the preacher's clique. So they didn't get to preach the meetings. Amen. Amen. They didn't get to go preach the messages. They didn't have that. They didn't form the big hoorah, hoorah, jubilee, do, do believe, whatever. Everybody gets all charged up about. You, I sat there and wonder, what are we doing? What are we doing? It looks like a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just, it reminds me of what you see on TV, which I don't even have one. Amen. A talent show. A performance. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. It was there. They just put it out. Then he says in verses 6 and 7, let's read that. He's talking to his people. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm preaching to us tonight. He says, I have cut off the nations. That he did. He cut them off first. Their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste that none passes by. Their cities are destroyed so there ain't a living soul in there. I said, surely Jerusalem and Israel, thou will fear me. You, surely you'll see what's going on. And it'll cause you to fear me. Surely thou will fear me and be instructed when you see what's going on around you. Surely thou wilt fear me. Thou wilt receive instruction by what's happening in those, you know, those nations. So their dwelling should not be cut off. However, I punished them, but they rose early and corrupted all their doings. And so God says, I, you saw what I did in the nations round about you. That was for your instruction. That was so you would tighten up. That was, that's so you would be instructed. That's so you would draw near to God. That's what I allowed. I, I dealt with him first to teach you. But no. We went to church, heard the message, went home, left just like we come. Matter of fact, we're drifting away now. It ain't having any effect. I don't care if I go or don't go. I can make up some kind of excuse. Amen. You may go to judgment, deceived or, or, or whatever, but you ain't going without your preacher preaching it to you. I'm telling you right now, we do what we want to. And we, we uh, follow after what we want to follow after. And we give ourselves to what we want to give ourselves to. And I'm running got way too old for you to try to fool me. I know when I, when I see what I see. When it takes, it has no effect. Matter of fact, I think people get to the, 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 where they despise the warning. I've heard it so much, I'm sick of it. Okay, well, I got, I got, I can come around next uh, Wednesday night. I'm gonna warn you again. Amen. They rose up. Did they? Were they instructed? No, nope. no, nope, they wasn't instructed. This is a preacher. Look at them and be instructed. I can say the same thing toward us today. Just look around. Look at our cities today. Look at the cities of America. Uh, it's just, it's unreal. It is, uh, there is no law in our cities. It's, it's just, if you just ponder the great cities of America, you have to hang your head in shame. Look at our, our government. Look at our government. You know, every day, we ought to just show, we got this moron for a president that stole an election. And I'm going to say that till Jesus changes my mind. And I don't think he's going to. I think he allowed it to happen because the nation is so wicked. And our religion is no good. Look at our government. Nancy Pelosi, for all these years, and these crazy women up there, this squad outfit, pro-Philistine, pro eradicate Israel outfit, allowed in our government assembly. Look at our institutions. Look at school now. Look at public school. Well, it ain't got as bad down here. Yeah, but it's coming. Because they control the money. Look at, look at all of our institutions. Look at our law enforcement institutions. Look at our medical. They destroyed the greatest medical institution the world has ever seen in America. It's a dung heap. One of the most frustrating things there is to Brother Homer is that insurance outfit runs what that doctor can do. They destroyed it. Our institution all around us is decayed. We're going down. And what's happening is it's dragging the church with it. And then we stand up, God bless America. Verses 3 and 4. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones till the morrow. In other words, they destroy all night long in darkness. It's, it's a metaphor for darkness 
and then they lay up all day after they destroyed the carcasses, the, the leaders, and they gnaw the, uh, gnaw the bones tomorrow, the next day. You can just see it. The, the havoc wreaks at night, and then the next day they lay up in their dens and gnaw the bones. That's princes and leaders. Verse 4, her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Brethren, listen to me. I don't think I'm the only preacher in America preaching the truth. I don't think there's a lot of preachers in America preaching the truth. But this stuff today peddled in, in America is so light and so treacherous. These preachers don't know what they're doing. I don't care how big their building is. I don't care how many people go there. They don't know what they're doing. Most of them are lost. And if the, and, and the world has such a pull on preachers today. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. Especially if you're bought and paid for. And, and so you look around and in my, in my world of fellowship, I look at this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, that ain't what I, that ain't what, that's not the caliber of men that God called me to preach under. Those men that I was called under, the older generation, now I'm the older, that, that, that group of men were so solemn. I'm telling you, it was Moses and the 70 elders up on Sinai. They didn't put up with nothing. They could have been more loving, but the point is they were, they were faithful to the, it's just this younger caliber of men, this YouTube stuff, one of the worst things that ever could have happened to a preacher is to put his face on some kind of a postcard deal, some kind of a flyer, and put him on a television deal and a YouTube deal or some kind of Facebook stuff. They turn into performers. I said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. I don't, I'm not mad at anybody here. I'm just telling you that's where we're at. I'm the preacher, and I'm going to preach the message God gives me, and I'm telling you today, this bunch of preachers are light and treacherous. That's what they were in that day. I'm warning people about that. Well, what does that produce? You got all that going on. God is warning. He's over and over and over and over. He warned. He warned. He warned. He warned. Well, go back to verse 2 and we'll be done. This is what it does. She's, he's talking about Jerusalem. You could make the application tonight to the church, the local church, the bride of Christ. She obeyed not the voice. Listen to it. Hear it. The prophets preached and they heard it. But they didn't obey it. I'm, I just hear, I hear you. It's like telling a kid that gets big enough to exercise their own will and you tell them something and they you know they hear you but they ain't going to do it. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. Now, now, she can obey the voice when it's not against her. O obeying the voice here has, has to do with crossing your will. You tell me to do something I want to do, like, honey, uh, you need to go buy something over here. Well, yeah! But when you say, you ain't buying that, you cross her will, that's just a, it's, that's figurative. Then we're going to see. She received not correction. You know, I've quoted 2 Timothy 3.16 so many times. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. What part of that do we not get? What part of that? Reproof. Why? why? For teaching, reproof, correction, instruction, and right. Why didn't he put in there all scripture given by inspiration of God to encourage us? What we need is encouraging preaching. Now what you need is instruction, 
uh, all scripture proper for doctor, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That's what you need. Amen. This outfit ought to encourage, 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 encourage. That's another thing about these preachers makes me sick. I'm not going to encourage anybody as they're falling away. No, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to call you. She received, she obeyed not his voice. She received not correction. She refused it. She trusted not in the Lord. She didn't trust God in this. I'm telling you, the thing's dragging us away. We're going away from God. Nah, I ain't. I'm good. I'll do what I, I'm going to just keep being what I am. Okay. She trusted not in the Lord. She, let me just put it this way. The churches are notorious for this with their pastors. And I don't have this problem here. I'm not making, you know, I'm not saying that this is here. I'm, that's a F-I-U, F-I-Y, how's it go? For your information, for your, F-U-I. Yeah, but I like F-U-I. Your, it sounds like a U to me. So for your information, I'm not putting that on us here. But this bunch of churches don't trust God for their pastors. You know what God says over there in Jeremiah? He says this in Ezekiel too. He said, if you'll obey me, and you'll give me your heart, I'll give you a good pastor. There's a church right now, I'm thinking of, everybody here knows it, does not trust God for their pastor. They want to run him off. They're trying to attrition, starve him out by attrition. That's real close to y'all. Think about it, you'll know who it is. They do not trust the Lord. The church does not trust the Lord. I've warned that church Hundreds of times. Let me just give you a little heads up. Everybody listen? Real good. You want to talk to me privately after church? I'll talk to you. They're gone. They're gone. I'm sorry. I hope I have to recant that, stand up and say, but they're gone. They're gone. This is what I'm talking about. And you ain't no different none of them. Matter of fact, when I first met them, they kind of looked like y'all. About y'all's age, about y'all's dedication. They're gone. They're not coming back. They're just waiting to be buried. <clears throat> Amen. They passed life support. God, God rose up and sent them messengers the times. They misused his prophets. They receive not correction. Therefore, they're gone. I don't care how close your family's tied to it. It doesn't matter. My family's tied to this one right over here. Guess what? Guess what? It's gone. You know why? Same thing. And this one will be gone if we don't hear what God is telling us. She trusted not in the Lord. Lastly, she drew not near to her God. Let me ask you something here tonight. Do you, do you affectionately rejoice to come to the house of God, to meet the family of God, meet with the family of God under the authority of the Lord Himself, like the Holy Spirit? And I, I mean, I just, I, I can't miss it. I just got to be there. I mean, I got an affection for it. How amiable is our tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. How lovely is the house of God. I just want to be there. Are you just dragging up? Now, I ain't preaching that just to make a little racket. Do you have an affection for the house of God, the people of God, and, and you, you're, you're planted in the house of the Lord, you just, man, this is nourishing Amen. How is it with your heart and the Lord? I think I know how it is with some because I'm the pastor. And I'm just saying to you folks, you'll go right where this bunch went. Anybody in here, including me and my wife, 
And I served God with some faithful ministers. that I, If you would have told me back in that day where they are today, I said, no way, man. There just ain't no way. They're dedicated to the Lord. But little by little. What first thing they started doing is despising this kind of preaching. And, and the women started bumping their gums. We need some encouragement. I went to, this is in my ear. I went to church and I felt like I was being whipped. Well, maybe you needed to get whipped. I went to church, heard the same thing, and loved it. I loved it. It was it was wonderful to me. And I'd stand up. I love it. I love it. When you take the correction and let it correct you, you'll love it. You can't preach too hard for people that love God. You'll be just thankful. Oh, God, thank you. Yeah, he's plowing up right up our middles. Amen. We need it. We need more than this. God gives us this before he puts his chastening hand on us. He warns us, just like you do your children. I'm telling you right now, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to wire you out. You give that warning. They don't straighten up. Next time they get within arm's reach, you pop them upside the head or on their backside or wherever you decide to pop them. But you do it. And so, four steps to destruction. Obey not the voice. Receive not correction. Let me read the next two. Trust not in the Lord and draw not near to her God. Brethren, I'm telling you something right now. We're living in dark days in America. America's glory days are gone. Religion is, a, religion is just read Isaiah 1. Go home and read it. That's what religion is in America today. You better stay hooked up. If you don't have in your heart to draw near to God, I, I know you can draw near to God on, out there when you ain't around nobody, but see, God's fixed this thing where you have to love me. And I have to love you. And I can't make it with God if I ain't right with you. And that's the way he's got it fixed. And if you're not right, you better stay hooked up. All these people through the years that are gone now, that went through Zephaniah's warning, ask me where their children are. Ask me how many of their adult children, y'all's age, are in church. Ask me about how many of their grandchildren have an opportunity to hear truth in the gospel preach. Not some light junk. Not some Christmas carol stuff. I'm talking about preaching that cuts the soul loose from the spirit. Punches in on the sharp two-edged sword. Shows me how wicked I am. How holy God is. Amen. Makes that cross real to me. We're their children. We're their grandchildren. Think about it. Think about it. Think about the people that you went to church with years ago. Every, I know every one of you. I know all your families. Where are they at? They didn't heed the warning. They didn't receive correction. They didn't trust the Lord. They didn't draw near unto their God. As never before, the church in everywhere needs to draw near. There is no way if I was in a church, if I'm talking about the church I was referring to a while ago without calling that church's name, would I allow what I thought about that pastor, who I know that pastor. And he's a, he's a young pastor, but he's a good pastor. He's doing, you know, there is no way that I would allow myself to get so distasteful based on any man. Randy LaPrairie ain't going to make me get that distasteful against God. Nor Jacob, nor Troy, nor Wayne, nor no woman in here. I've never allowed it. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to drive a wedge between me and the Lord. You ain't doing it. You ain't doing it. I wouldn't let her do it when she was lost. No, sir. Mm -mm. You're not driving a wedge between me and the Lord. I just kind of, you can't. You can't like that. I said, I don't like it. I love it. I'm going. 
I'm telling you, get in the car and load up. You're going to. You're not going. You're not going to drive me away from God. Amen. Who are you to drive me away? Some kind of little old deal in your life. Some kind of little old junk. For the most part, that I don't even know anything about. And I'm going to let that keep me to not draw near to the Lord. Uh. Uh-uh. No. It ain't worth it. It's just not worth it. So what I'm saying to us tonight, we're living in this day. We better heed the correction. Obey the voice of the Lord. Receive the correction. Trust in the Lord about it. Trust in the Lord about it. And draw near unto our God.